Yeah, man. I mean, the whole thing with, with Colin is... So, I, I actually was one of the people who protested the NFL. I didn't watch mm-hmm. the NFL for two seasons. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I thought it was. The hardest thing was, that's a lot of... How I get a lot of friend bonding in. Uh-huh. Going to bars. Exactly. You know what I mean? And watching it. So, it cut that out. But I, I wasn't like... I wasn't so hardcore where I just wouldn't watch it if it's home. So if I went to like someone's kickback at someone's house or something mm-hmm. and it was playing. You weren't going to shut down the entire nah, kickback. Nah, like, nah. What y'all doing? Yeah, exactly. I ain't, I ain't coming. I'm not that guy that's like going <laughs> to ruin everyone else's fun because of what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I might glance and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is actually my first season watching. So oh. so my the end of my protest was when uh, Colin settled. So it's like, all right, he accepted a settlement. I'll accept a settlement. I'll mm-hmm. watch football again. So, uh, uh, yeah, this has been my first season watching, which has honestly been great. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because I just missed football for so long, but yeah. it's like, Jesus, I watched the Seattle 49ers game on Monday. I'm like, that's good. the best game I've seen in a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> in years, it's the best shit ever. It's so, a good division this year, too. Ah, oh, man, it's awesome. So, I, I protested the NFL for a season. Okay. Like that season mm-hmm. itself. Um, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. So for me, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> protesting the NFL ain't that difficult for me because mm-hmm. it's like, what am I really going to be watching? Mm-hmm. A team lose, go zero and sixteen. I get it. I can, I can miss out on that. Didn't watch one whole Browns game that year, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but I'm I'm more into college sports anyway, so it really yeah. wasn't that tough. Um, but the tough part is I, I work in media mm-hmm. and I cover the NFL and NBA and oh, college okay. and stuff like that. So. I still have to be up in the know. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd have to catch highlights or watch clips. So, I got to a point where it's like, at some point, I had to get back into it just so I could be familiar yeah. with what I was talking about. So, that, that's the challenging part because media and sports work in such an ecosystem. Mm. You know, it's entertainment. All of it's entertainment. Yeah. And it's like a you scratch my back, I scratch yours relationship. Both yeah. are working kind of in sync. Um, but it makes it tough when it's like a situation like Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. puts people of color, especially in a compromising situation that are in the media. Cause it's like, yikes, definitely, you know, we want to stand with Colin, but we also got to catch a paycheck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's tough. I mean, but you have, that. that's actually like, oh man, that's like a viable, like thing for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to really think about it and weigh it. My my issue was with people that was just like, oh, I'm gonna still watch football anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just for the sake of it, mm-hmm. it's like okay. Uh, and like I said, I'm normally not the party pooper type of person. Enjoy what you enjoy. You don't have to believe what I believe. Right. But that was something that I felt was like a direct attack on people of color. Mm. You know, uh, just him peacefully protesting and me being uh, a veteran mm-hmm. and me conversating with other veterans the people I talked to didn't take offense. I didn't take offense. It's like, you know, that's what we fight for. What we fought for was the right to do that. So the fact that it got so large, it was like, okay, this is, this is blatant. Like Mm -hmm. it's a direct attack on, I feel our people. So when a lot of, you know, my friends or just people I saw on social media that were just like, whatever, I'm not going to stop watching football because he turned down tryouts or whatever the case was. It's like, "Mm, that's not the whole story. You're like, but you know, people who work in the field, like you know, I make your money. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> At the end of the day, because exactly. I mean, if it comes to to my job, like like yeah, I'll protest to an extent. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, like yeah, I gotta eat. 
You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, I mean, I wish I was one of those people who could just, just walk out of a job and just do my own thing, but that's not my reality. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people's reality, because the way the economy's set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, it's, it's rough. Uh-huh. No um, doubt about it. The way student loans are set up, Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, I think I should go ahead and introduce the podcast, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the ADHD Podcast. We are back with episode six. I have with me a good friend and guest, uh, Brandon Pope. Uh, thanks for joining me today, sir. Um, thanks for having me, bro. Happy to be here. Nah, no problem at all, we, man. We got uh, the drinks. We got some some water for hydration. We good. We good to go, man. Uh, so Brandon is actually uh, a reporter. Is that what you would prefer to go by, a reporter? As far yeah, as reporter, anchor, TV, whatever you want to call. All right, it's just, all kinds of titles. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, visual storyteller. There I you like go. To call the reporters. I like that one. That yeah. sounds fancy. Yeah, and creative. Man. I love it. Uh, <laughs> For CW26, correct? Uh-huh. Uh, Chicago, and also the Jam TV show? Yeah, it's the show, yeah. All right, so what's up with, uh, what's, what's, what is the, the show, the show, the Jam TV show? That's like? a great question. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a fresh take on morning TV. Mm-hmm. It is uh, different than any morning show you're going to see in the city of Chicago or just in the nation, really. Okay. Um, it's the only morning show I know of with a DJ. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we got a DJ every morning with Stafford Rocks. Um, and we're all about doing, you know, what people need, giving people what they need, you know, the, the news, mm-hmm. the weather, the traffic to get you out the door. Mm-hmm. But we also are able to dive deep into topics mm-hmm. that affect our community, the black community, Latino community, communities of color, LGBTQ communities and things like that. Um for a Chicago audience. And I think that we're able to do a deeper dive into those stories better than other uh, shows can do. So it's a, it, I always call it the, the show for the people. It's, it's the people's show mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh, it's fun. It's lively. It gets serious when it needs to. It has mm-hmm. real talk when it needs to. But it also is just like a great time hanging out with friends, you know? So yeah. uh, that's the way I've, I've always come about it. And I love working with it because I come to work every day and have a great time. You okay. Know? Yeah. And that's... That's what you want to do, right? Yeah, for sure, man. It's that's, not always that way in TV, you know? So Really? It's, it's, it's good to have that kind of change of pace, you know? Yeah. We stay away from the doom and gloom. We don't cover every single shooting. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, you know, lead with the violence in the city or the bad stuff. Talk mm-hmm. about the good stuff. Talk about awesome. positives and people that are making an impact. I think that's, uh, we got to see more of that. That's awesome. So, like, if I wanted to, because that actually sounds, like, very interesting. I'm not a big... Mm-hmm news person per se because Mm -hmm. of the the negative stigma that comes with the news it's Mm -hmm. always something negative or you look at you know your major uh news streams like uh cnn uh fox and it seems like there's an agenda towards one political party or one race group so uh, you know the sad thing is like those big ones like cnn fox news give the local station such a bad name because mm -hmm. there's a lot of local stations that are doing great work but because the big stations really sour the taste of journalism with yeah. the way they do, like, you know, the talking heads and shouting at each other, yeah. this makes everybody yeah. look bad. Well, I mean, like, how many panels can I watch at this point? I, I remember <laughs> right. when panels yeah. was, was, was rare. Yeah. And, and, and debates was rare. Now every show is, let's it's have five panel. or six people talking about Oh, my Trump. God. It's so bad. Uh, every time I go to the gym, because the gym, they keep, uh, they keep all the news stations up on a different TV. And it's just, I see the talking heads and the, the panels and the debates going on. I'm like, man, like, what, 
what are you going to cover? And I'm looking at the ticker. Mm-hmm. The ticker has all the good shit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, tell me it's about this. It's got the this. actual news. Yes. Right? <laughs> tell me about what's, what, what's at the bottom of the screen right well, now. I'm right. about Trump for the 23rd hour oh today. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> and every show has the same format, no matter who the host is. It's like, all right, same story. But let's have four panelists, probably oh the panelists God. I'm closest to, yeah. talk about it. Three are pretty liberal. One is... Or a Trump supporter. Exactly. <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's the setup every time. The one person that's like, like, uh, oh, man, what do you call it when you have the one person who just, like, that triggers everyone? Right, and everyone just jumps on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm so over it. So, so yeah, that, that would be dope to watch that. Uh, especially because, uh, I don't know if you know the basis of my podcast, but kind of the, the foundation of my podcast, I try to keep it minority. So every yeah. guest that I bring on... I want to bring some a minority on who is, you know, in my opinion, has succeeded in life mm-hmm. doing something outside of the ordinary. Because I know that where I'm from, you either grew up, uh, went to school and punched a time clock from nine to five mm-hmm. or you sold drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like there was really no in between right. or you just some weirdo who lived with your mom until you're 80. Mm-hmm. Um, which let me not call them weirdos, but people did that. So I relate to that though. That's 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 sadly the reality for a lot of our communities. Yeah, right? yeah. A lot of people that we know, you know. Yeah, there weren't many options. Exactly. Like, do you want to be a football, or basketball player, or do you want to hit the streets? Right. Pick up a microphone. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason why. I mean, it's part of what drives me, and what I what I do is like I give people another option. Mm-hmm. Like I hope that there's black kids that can see me on TV and say, "Oh yeah." Here's something else. There's another lane out here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I always try to strive for. And I've had situations and encounters in my career where I've had parents of kids and kids come up to me and be like, hey, I'm trying to be just like you. That's Things awesome. like that. And that that's why I do it for the people. Uh, to set a good example, to inspire others. Uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. Because like you said, like, Sometimes there's like, there's people, it looks like there's only two paths sometimes. Yeah, really yeah. So many more. Yeah. So many more. And I mean, and, and I was a victim of that, which is kind of the passion behind the podcast, because I was unaware of all that I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in high school, I went to a predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't make the best grades, uh, but I never got lower than an A my entire t- uh, time, grades one through 12 mm-hmm. in science. Uh, never had a counselor, teacher, you know, look at that and say, yo, this kid makes an A in every science class. Right. Let right. me let me engage that. I didn't know you could do anything with science. I didn't know there was <laughs> astrophysics. I didn't know like there was there were just so many avenues that you can go into with that. Yeah. Uh so I did what every other kid did in my hood, and that was pick up a basketball. Mm-hmm. And all of my dedication went to basketball mm-hmm. all the way through college and to the point where it's like, yo, you're 5'9". <laughs> the NBA isn't exactly drooling over people of your stature. And it's like, yo, I got to figure this out. But uh, it was when I became an adult that I just started meeting some amazing people of color that I, I felt that were just doing shit I didn't know was possible. Uh-huh. Um, you surf all in that realm. Journalism was not something mm. I ever knew about as a kid. Uh, I actually first, my first encounter with uh, journalism and reporting was my college teammate slash roommate. Uh, shout out to Lawrence Sandlin. Uh, he's now athletic director at Gary Lighthouse. Oh, nice. Um, he was a sports broadcasting major. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, like Stuart Scott. Never thought about it. You know, <laughs> I see it, but I don't 
think about it. You it's know funny I mean? you mentioned Stuart Scott because that's part of what made me want to do this. Really, watching Stuart Scott on Sports Center. I can definitely get that. That's that's what that's what motivated me, man. Uh huh. Because I mean, we, we all watch Sports Center for sure. Stu made it cool. He did. He did. He had the cool catchphrases and one line. <laughs> yeah, like he he, he kind of changed the game, man. Like there would be no Stephen A. Smith or Shannon Sharp if that wasn't for Stu. Wouldn't be a lot of us without Stu. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. Cooler than the other side of the pillow. Yeah, no he doubt. was. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing man. Uh, rest in peace. Um, so, yeah. So, when I hear about the Jam Show, it's like, dang, that's something I should be paying attention to. And I, I do follow yeah. you guys on uh, social media. And I have noticed the uh, the social media posts are, mm-hmm. like, not like other news outlets. So no, that not at all. That caught my attention. <laughs> we keep it fun. Yeah. We keep it cultured, too. Yeah. That's, that's pretty dope, man. Love to hear it. No doubt, man. So, yeah, we were sitting here uh, before we, we started the podcast, man, and uh, we're discussing Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. who uh, everyone listening to the show, I'm pretty sure, was aware that Colin had set up a, I guess, a media day, mm-hmm. you would call it, where he would put on a workout in front of NFL scouts and teams, and of course, the media would be there. And um, yeah, I guess we just had some news that came in mm-hmm. that uh, the workout was canceled. Yeah, and moved. Colin moved the workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL put out a statement basically saying that, you know, Colin just made a lot of last minute changes. But yeah, as we speak right now, Colin's doing a workout, and I got actually a friend down there mm-hmm. uh, who's in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta radio, and he's actually at the practice about an hour outside of Atlanta where they're doing it. He says he looks good, and the video I'm seeing right now, he does look good. Yeah, yeah, the one now, clip you showed me, that the cannon's still there. Yeah, yeah, and now here's the thing. I mean, it's easy to look good with no pass rush, no reads to make. Mm-hmm. You know, me and you could probably toss a football to somebody if you... Probably not consistently. I'm not. I'm not trying to Anything say we over can play. ten yards. It's not going to look good. With me. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm saying we could have a good day and and complete a few passes with no pass rush. But yeah. if you got somebody running at me, <laughs> it changes everything. There's yeah. a reason why I play defense when I play. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Less reads. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I I'm optimistic. Yeah. Believe it or not, I'm optimistic that someone's going to sign him. Yeah, yeah, me, me as well. And uh, I know I was reading a post earlier that there are at least two teams that they said are, and I quote, highly interested. Uh, and with within not only signing him, but possibly getting him reps within the next month. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very high hopes of that. Uh, so I'm really looking at this post from uh, this is from the social media page. Atlanta influences everything. They're a clothing brand that I follow and they normally put out uh, good news within the city mm-hmm. uh, or events, I should say. Uh, yeah, he moved the workout to Flowery Branch, Georgia, which right. um, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not a suburb I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Conyers. I know Madonna. Yeah, exactly. I don't know Flowery Branch. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. But yeah, um, this does sound like something that he might have did because it does say that it is a public invite uh, based on what uh, uh, Atlanta Fluids is everything posted. Um so, yeah, um, I'm just hoping it, it works out for him. I hope the NFL doesn't penalize him for kind of taking control of things. Um, I know how a lot of these, I don't know what you call them, um, these sports conglomerates, these sports <laughs> companies, uh, these leagues, I, I know they don't like to give a lot of control to players. Uh, and I partially understand, uh, I actually greatly understand from a up to a, a certain extent. It's interesting. Some leagues are different. Uh, the NFL is the complete opposite of the NBA. Mm-hmm. If you look at player control, 
in the NFL, the owners have the control. Mm-hmm. Colin is probably the first player to shake the system of the NFL. Yeah. And really force the owner's hand. Yeah. But you've never really had anyone try to shift the system too much. Yeah, you have quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, who like, if they want a receiver or they want somebody gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. True. I think that's going to happen for any team for the most part. If your mm-hmm. star player who's a legend at Hall of Famer wants somebody here or there, it's going to happen. But the owners still own the team. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, the players drive everything. They drive the conversation around the league. Mm-hmm. They drive the 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 social media. They they drive the influence of these individual teams. Yeah. And the greatest example of that is LeBron James. For sure. LeBron James goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, yeah, sure, Dan Gilbert's the owner. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> LeBron James owns the owns Cavaliers. Cavaliers. You know what I sure. mean? You yeah, know? yeah. And he's going to get his guys extra money if he wants them to get extra money. Mm-hmm. He's going to get guys to come with him if he needs to. He can leave a place and change the whole entire economy of a city. Yeah, yeah. Like, players in the NBA have unprecedented power, and the lulls for that league are different mm. that allow players to express themselves more. Mm-hmm. We saw the players have the I Can't Breathe shirts. Yeah, for sure. Um, with Eric Garner. Um they're able to be more socially justice involved, mm-hmm. and the uh, commissioner of the NBA empowers them to do that. Yeah, opposite of the NFL. Yeah, well, at least the new commissioner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, uh, exactly. So the, the NBA definitely, in my opinion, had a culture shift when they, they moved did. on from David. David Stern was trying to change a little yeah, bit. He was trying yeah. to, you know, t- <laughs> he wasn't liking AI and you yeah, know, a lot of these players yeah. who had the had the more of the culture and the swagger. Yeah, he wanted to get more buttoned up. And this new commissioner, Adam Silver, is like, now let's let them be themselves. Yeah, he embraces it. Uh, let's be let's the league the, of self-expression. Let's the NBA PA uh, determine and drive a lot for their players and the culture of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually that's that's a good point that we bring up, uh, David Stern, because there's a shift happening right now in the NFL. I don't know if a lot of people are paying attention to it, but it's almost the same thing that happened in basketball. Mm-hmm. So you look at the NBA. Uh, I'm an '80s baby. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching the NBA as a kid, specifically with the point guard position, yeah, it was a white dominant position uh-huh. at one point. Oh yeah, uh, Stockton, just like yeah, <laughs> plenty, plenty of like every team. I mean, even yeah. some of the the Bulls teams had your your typical athletic, 100%. more high IQ driven white guy running 100%. the point. Yeah, look at the Bulls exactly. Like, <laughs> so uh, it reminds me of. The white quarterback conversation, uh-huh. how the white quarterback is looked at as, as more cerebral in their cerebral in their approach to the game. At some point, and, and even if you had a, a black point guard, they would call him a combo guard. Mm-hmm. Like it was never a point guard; it was a combo guard. Like that, he, that coded language. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like yeah, like yeah. He can score, but he's not really a point guard. We'll call him a point guard. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch over to the NFL. Enter Mike Vick, and mm. it's like okay. You're running athletic quarterback. Couldn't just be a quarterback. Couldn't mm-hmm. be a, a field general. Mm-hmm. Uh, your athletic quarterback. And right, it's like, okay, right. that, that rolled the way for so long. Fast forward today to the NFL, you look at the black quarterback, and it is something different. And I tell mm-hmm. you what, man, uh, I watched, like I said, the Seahawks and Niners game on Monday. And, you know, the Niners made it scary at one point. And uh, my friend was with me, and she's a huge Seattle fan. She's from Seattle. And I was telling her, like, you guys have uh, dangerous. You have 
dangerous Wilson on your team. So <laughs> like with Russell Wilson, you you you're never down and out because right. he is that next level quarterback. Like, yeah, you can say he's fast, you say he's athletic, but yo, the brother can blow the ball throw the ball. He's got an arm. Got an arm. He has high, extremely high IQ. He yeah. can make reads on the fly. He can switch things up on the Great fly. Leader. Everything they used to say black quarterbacks can't do. Mm-hmm. So I think, in my personal opinion, the NFL may be on its way as far as uh, just a culture shift. Yeah, that's an interesting observation you make there. And it's funny that it follows one of the more important positions. Mm-hmm. Point guard and quarterback. Exactly. Quarterback is seen as the more leadership position, mm-hmm. the more idolized position. And you still, we still have ways to go, though. But I do see a shift. You're right. Because... With more Cam Newtons. Yeah. Now we got Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Look at your leading MVP candidates in the Whatever NFL. Whatever right Patrick now. Mahomes is. Patrick <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. He's like a waffle color brother. Right, right, right. We still right. love him. We still love exactly. him. Exactly. He, he, he don't talk too much about no, nothing, but, you know, maybe that's for the best. Yeah, he, sure. uh, <laughs> look at the four leading MVP candidates, though Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. So. They all black, exactly. Or like a three and a, we got like three and a <laughs> three and a half black. Right. right. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it is, and that shows the shift. And I think that Lamar Jackson too kind of showed the bias that a lot of scouts have and the flaw in modern draft scouting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm big in college sports. Love mm-hmm. college sports. Covered college sports for years. And watching Lamar Jackson, I would watch his games, and it's like it's clear this guy could play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's clear he can throw. Mm-hmm. It was very apparent. It wasn't like Tyrod Taylor who, you know, Tyrod was like more athletic than being a passer. No, yeah. Lamar was making deep, accurate reads and throws. Yeah. So it just baffled me that some people were just like, oh, he should shift to receiver. He should play running back. And it's like, why do they think that? Yeah. Why? Why do they think that? But they think Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is this great quarterback at 8-5. and five. Oh, We know why. Of course we do. We, we really know why. Of course we do, because he fits a, a stereotype and archetype they've had for a while. Mm-hmm. But by now, the NFL should learn its lesson. The game has changed so much with spread offenses that having a big, tall, white, athletic... I'm sorry, big, tall, white, big arm quarterback is not guaranteed anything. No. Brock Osweiler <laughs> didn't do anything, did mm-hmm. he? <laughs> no, not a thing. So, you got to think outside the box. Look at Kyler Murray right now. Oh, God. That kid <laughs> is one of the most interesting players in the league because yeah. he's so short for the NFL. He's like, mm-hmm. all right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. short for the league. But manages to just, he can throw a football, man. Mm-hmm. But probably better than most of the league. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's the game's changed. My thing is, how could you look at Lamar Jackson and say that? But you had all of this this high hope for Johnny Manziel. Yeah. What was the difference? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, coming out of college, at least. Mm. Um, But, as we see, man, like I said, it's a shift. They tried to get me on Manziel, too. Because before he was drafted to the Browns, I was like, this guy's not going to be good in the <laughs> I thought it was clear he wasn't going to be a good NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He goes to the Browns, I'm like, mm, okay, maybe he could be like Russell Wilson. I'm like trying to talk myself into it. But I knew good and well this boy was not. I mean, I'll be real. Like, I was on the Manziel train a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean. I'm brought I, in. I have the. He has uh, a good swagger. <laughs> 
I have this thing where I just want to believe in people. Of course. Especially people that like that they want to write off. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're white, Underdogs. black, green, or blue. Yeah. I want to I want to Tebow to succeed so bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm that guy, man. Like I just I just That's why I love see Baker Mayfield. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was on the Menzel train a little hard, especially when I saw him. Like like Menzel, you know, he kick it with brothers. And, you know, uh, he, yeah, you know, money Menzel. You saw LeBron yeah. with the picture. And yeah, stuff, for sure, for sure. So he's that. getting the Drake shout outs in the song. So yeah, yeah man, I was with. It Menzel. was easy to want to jump on that train. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I really hope that uh, I hope Colin finds a home, man. Hey, <laughs> Bears. <laughs> they need to be one of those teams looking. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. It's it's looking bad for them with the quarterback position, and I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'll I'll be so happy if we get Cam here. Mm. But uh, that's that's asking a lot. Um, I'm not sure Cam is the right move. I am for weird reasons, only because this may this may not affect the guy, and this, I hope there's no disrespect to him. But mm-hmm. Cam's never played in a cold environment. Mm. Uh from Atlanta, college at Auburn, mm-hmm. NFL, Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's different having a game or two a year in the cold as opposed to being up here in this division. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, practicing and playing in this cold. And we don't have a dome. Mm-hmm. So I worry about that with Cam. I worry about, is he still good? Really? Yeah, man. I don't think I don't think he is. This, this, is gonna get, this gets controversial when I say it. <laughs> I don't think he's a good quarterback. Uh, oh, that's my favorite player. I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I've been rooting for the guy. Yeah. But I have a long history of just, I, I, I have not seen it. Okay. He had a great rookie season. For sure. He had an MVP season. Yeah. Aside from those two seasons, the dude has been average to below average in terms of being a passer in the league. Great okay. athlete. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the numbers, man, Andy Dalton has a better QBR. I mean, Dalton's nice, though. <laughs> okay. In my opinion. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, okay. These are the quarterbacks that are ranking higher than Cam on that QBR and pass percentage and all this type of yeah. stuff. That's not good. Now, granted, he was injured last year. Yeah. I don't I know if he can bounce too, back though. from that. I think that's been nagging. I think Cam's been hurt, in, exactly. in my opinion. Yeah. His body has been worn down. Yeah. Um, that's part of the risk of being the style of player he is. Yeah. Um, and being a big-bodied guy, too, because you're taking on more hits. You're willing to take on more hits. I don't know. At, at, at his age, and he wasn't that great of a passer to begin with, I don't think he is an effective quarterback anymore. Hot take, I think Mitch Trubisky, you're better off with him than Cam Newton. At oh, this point. I know. Ooh, that's I that's know, super high. You know I what? Know. So I have a sports group, man, and I'm adding that shit. We have a – so my, my guy, uh, Ron, man. Feel shout free out, to attribute me because, man. Shout out to Ron Crawford, man. He keeps a hot take list, and he, he'll call you out on it. So <laughs> I'm going to tell him to add that one. Add Put that it to down. the hot take list. Woo. Put it down. Put it, put it on the hot take list because that I, – I hate to say I'm not. A, I don't want to be a Cam hater. I'm just saying, man. The boy has not been hot. Uh, I will. After the Broncos beat him, and that Broncos game was not good. That Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been it's been downhill. Yeah. Um, Rooting for him though. He's black. I'm, I'm all about the color. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Cam's gonna show you something, man. I, I don't think I don't think Chicago's, Chicago's not the right place. I, I don't think like you so said personal. cold weather. Yeah, yeah. Miami. Let's see what he does in Miami. For sure. Uh, but like I said, if Chicago want to go after Colin, mm. I'm with it. That's better than Mitch. Yeah. From what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. Even, <laughs> even with no defense out there. Still, exactly. Still exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
you you've you say you've worked with uh as far as in your uh being a reporter you've done work with uh with professional sports mm-hmm. so what has been your 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 role as far as that's concerned what have you done uh i've covered nba finals playoffs mm-hmm. nfl playoffs and you know training camps and things like that the colts the mm-hmm. bears pacers heats uh, the USA Olympic team. I covered the Olympics in 2012. Mm-hmm. Covering fencing, basketball, volleyball, um, Indy 500. Awesome. <laughs> like IndyCar, PGA. So, I've done kind of a little bit of everything. Baseball. So to my so to my listeners, man, for the listeners, what does that look like? Hmm. Like like so, what is the process of having to cover a huge sporting event, and, yeah. and what what goes into that? A uh, big part of it's research. Mm. Uh, you gotta, you gotta really, and a lot of it depends on your role as well. Mm-hmm. So, I started in the industry actually wanting to be a play-by-play commentator. Okay, so I'd be the person who's like uh, Doug Collins, uh, yeah, those type of guys, those okay. type of guys. Mm-hmm. The guy that's telling you, you know, you know, he shoots, he scores, Lakers up by three. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of skill. Yeah, I tried to. So me and my uh, my guy Nick, my best friend, man. Mm-hmm. We do that joking, and mm-hmm. it is so hard. <laughs> like in a joking manner, it's it's really hard. Yeah, to do. professionally, it's even harder. That's not bad because you gotta keep you gotta keep talking. Yeah, and for the color guy, it's easy easier because he just chimes in with his opinions and expertise. Mm-hmm. But it's on the play by play analyst to continue to talk, know every player, mm-hmm. give you something. Yeah. That's tough to do. Yeah. And if you ain't researched, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, that can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a big part of sports in general and covering sports is the research component. Really, anything in journalism, you got to know what you're talking about. Okay. you got to know every player, every storyline, mm-hmm. um, building connections with coaches, with players. How do you do that as far as building connections? Uh Casual conversation, just like meeting anybody else, mm-hmm. and deve- and trying to be as genuine as possible. Got it. Um, and eventually being the person that they're going to like look to mm-hmm. as someone they can trust. Yeah, that takes time. There's no like handbook on how to do that, mm-hmm. and some people are better at it than others. Mm-hmm. Some players are going to uh, work better with some sports professionals than others mm-hmm. just like different personalities are going to vibe different right yeah for sure um someone's going to get along with lebron somebody's not mm-hmm. you know same for kd i can tell you now i've interviewed a lot of these popular nba players mm-hmm. i don't vibe at russell westbrook <laughs> mm. i don't that nothing against the guy but like it's going to be it'd be tough for me to be a dedicated russell westbrook to cover him so your defense time. it doesn't seem like not many people many reporters vibe with russell westbrook but some based do. off what i've seen but some do okay <laughs> i vibe better with uh people like udonis haslam okay. chris bosh um mellow mm-hmm. um kevin love chris paul those are guys i can vibe with okay lebron not all the way on the vibe level yet okay okay <laughs> kd can vibe uh-huh. Kobe can't. So there's gonna there's always gonna be <laughs> <laughs> So here's where this this is where the Supreme and the Supreme come in. Okay. People that work at ESPN mm-hmm. that cover the NBA mm-hmm. have Supreme level talent to connect with these players okay. on a different level. 
That's why a guy like, ooh, what's his name? Uh, the big white guy. What's, ooh, what's his name? On the NBA. Big he's white like, guy. Big on LeBron coverage. Anytime LeBron is doing anything, he's the guy that covers him. Uh, Skip? No, not Skip. No, big, big guy. He's a bigger, bigger boy. Forgot his name. Anyway, hmm. he's like the LeBron reporter. Okay. He's built a relationship. He went to the same high school. Ah, okay. I see where, where everything's connecting now. Yeah, yeah. But he's just, he can get you that inside information. Goddamn networking, man. That's key. In every field, like, you can't get away from it. Networking is key. So those are the big parts of sports. Networking, building relationships, research. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just having the, the basics, right? being able to write, being able to tell a story, being able to... Tell the stories outside of the, the score. Like, it's more than a, the score, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to talk about the emotion of the game. Okay. Bring people into the game that missed it. That's really what it's about, right? You okay. know, you don't just want to read a box score. You know, that makes sense, man. Because yeah. even with uh, with me, for example, taking two seasons off of the NFL, mm-hmm. it makes sense why I can watch a game and feel caught up. Yeah. Now that you're saying that. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. In, like even let's say your your play by play commentators. Mm-hmm. In between or while they're doing the play by play, as impressive as it is, they're catching you up and you're yeah. not even paying attention to it. That's called they're, storytelling. Yeah. So let's say um let me think of an example. Trebinsky actually completes the pass. Yeah. As he completes the pass and they're in between downs, he'll tell you what Trubinsky's done for the last seven games. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. you're not even thinking about it in that moment, but all of a sudden, this guy who processed it for two years is caught up on Trubinsky's mm-hmm. last couple of seasons. You know who does that, what crew does that better than any crew I can think of? Who's that? NBC. Really? When you when you watch Sunday Night Football on NBC, mm-hmm. I think they do the best job of giving you a broadcast mm-hmm. that seeks to appease both hardcore football fans who follow the game closely mm-hmm. but also people that don't follow the game at all awesome i think they do a great job of like we're going to give you a great well-rounded shaping of what this is mm-hmm. so they cover the game and they cover it itself in a way that gives a full look at the league the players in the league the storylines in the league um, if you're a hardcore follower, sometimes you might be like, yeah, okay, it's kind of repetitive. You don't got to explain to me what, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. what happened last season in the playoffs. Yeah. But for the average person, maybe you do, you know, I think yeah. that that's key. You got to remember that not everybody's a hardcore follower of the sport. Some people are okay. just watching the Bears because they're from Chicago. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to, they're hanging with their friends. They don't watch every game. They're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Why not? But I think that's also where where the high level statistics or analytics come into play. Because mm-hmm. for your hardcore fans, you can throw some stuff out that it just blows their fucking mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes like we laugh at ESPN because I I think ESPN is the king of the pointless stat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sometimes, man, you know, it's, it's a little. They get really blur. advanced with the, with yeah, the analytics. Yeah, yeah, LeBron is shooting eighty percent with jumping off his left leg with a with a wristband on his right wrist mm-hmm. while having his left <laughs> contact in. Like, they have the weirdest statistics, but, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then they'll throw one out there that's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, they'll be so. like, Baker Mayfield's the sixth player ever to hop on one leg and throw a pass <laughs> at a 360-degree angle with two seconds left in the game. It's like, yeah. Okay. Or even, like, of course you know, we were talking about Russell Wilson, <laughs> uh, the fact that he hops in the pocket, yeah. which is something that you notice but don't notice. Uh-huh. 
And they're like, yeah, he's one of your shorter quarterbacks, and it's his way of really seeing the field. That's mm-hmm. why he hops once he drops back in the pocket. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Drew Brees does the same thing. Really? So Drew, Drew Brees is also a um, shorter quarterback? Oh, he's short. Yeah, he's short. Hmm. I think Russell might be a little taller. All right, man. So let's see. I got some stuff written, some stuff written down here. I don't want to hang out on NFL too long. But I know, uh, <laughs> my sports episode. They said I got kind of long winded with sports, so mm. I'm gonna try to try not to do that to them. I could talk sports all day. Especially uh, college sports. Oh my god. So it's probably best we do move on. Cause... Yeah, and and uh, honestly, I normally can talk college sports all day, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the one I follow the most. I'm a big Buckeye fan. Yeah. Wh. So I'm a Florida State fan. Ooh, they doing I, bad. I went to Purdue. So when my teams are not doing well, Mm. um, it's really hard for me to keep up. Like I can only take so much, especially because all my friends are like like, (laughs) Purdue. All of my friends are like Texas fans and Alabama, and I just Uh don't feel like hearing their shit all the time. (laughs) So I'll I'll um, keep my, my my happiness on the Buckeye success. To myself, oh, God, I, I hate Ohio State. I now, bet. I, mean, I bet. I went to Purdue, so of you course. know what I'm saying. Of course, and uh, we yeah. hate y'all too. Y'all, y'all have made things hard for us sometimes. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's, it's been a minute. Yeah, uh, but the basketball program has turned around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so just moving on, man. So Disney Plus dropped. Yeah, this week. Yeah, and um, love it. Me being the nerd that I am, the mm-hmm. last, I want to say, four days of my life, I've gotten little to no sleep <laughs> because I've just been binge watching everything from my childhood. Uh-huh. Uh, but I did see that Netflix, I, I thought, so when I when I heard what Disney was doing, right, I was like, okay, whoop de doo whatever, because uh, DC dropped the streaming program not too long ago, mm-hmm. and it was, it left a little bit to be desired. Mm-hmm. So when I heard about Disney, I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, but then I saw the the partnership with Hulu, uh, ABC, I believe, and uh, they're also doing the the ESPN partnership. And mm-hmm. if you get the, one of their packages, you get both Hulu and uh, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Disney, that's all I'm giving you. You're not paying me, so you're not getting free promo. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this Disney thing might might be all right. right. Uh, but they own I, everything. So. They, own, they own everything, which at one point doesn't become monopoly. But uh, I, looking at social media the last few days, man, this is just taking over the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like people are seem to be going crazy about Disney, and uh, some people are pretty much saying "fuck Disney," mm-hmm. <laughs> and other people are just just basking in all of its glory, like I am. Nostalgia's powerful, man. Yeah, for sure, it's a powerful thing. I mean, I've caught myself. I don't know how powerful it really is. Is it powerful to sustain a spending model? Hmm. And I think Disney is going to have to wrestle with the battle of creating original content mm-hmm. and also appealing to nostalgia like they're doing. This initial rollout's been more about nostalgia to me. Yeah. They have some stuff already, like The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. They got a high school musical show that I'm not watching. They got, <laughs> you know, they, they got Lady in the Tramp movie, stuff that's going to appease everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. They're using Disney Plus right now because it's got all their little... Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and mm-hmm. all the, the Disney Junior shows. So the yeah. Doc McStuffins, all that. Yeah. The bet that Disney is making is that they can do original content that's going to draw people away from the other streaming services. These Marvel TV shows is going to be the test. When Marvel drops these TV shows, I want to see what happens. Um, that's what I really... I'm looking forward to. Disney's also like, like, like fuck them because they're really smart. Yeah. Because it's like... 
So I have Verizon. I got the free uh, year uh, with Disney. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm still waiting. I'm like, yo, am I going to pay beyond this year? See, but that's it, what, all, it all depends on what they give us. Let me, let me tell you. So this is how, this is what I'm talking about. Fuck them. They're not rec- <laughs> they're not uh, releasing the Marvel content until next year. Right. So they're waiting for the end of all the free subscriptions, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, you may have liked this a little bit, but we have all this Marvel shit that you've been following mm-hmm. the last what I don't know, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can get rid of it, or you could just go ahead and pay mm-hmm. and get all this content that's going to connect to our bigger universe. Exactly. So, and I'm probably going to say, yeah, <laughs> right. I'll do it. My girl wants to use it. Already. She's using my Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Family's using it. So, you know, I'm becoming like the source of Disney Plus. Yeah, I have four profiles of mine as well. So I'm going to have a lot of people yeah. upset with me if I just, you know, be like, I'm not paying for this. Yeah. Anymore. So, I guess I'm in. We'll see. It's I- worth it. But here's the problem we're going to, we're looking at all these companies that want to do their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. Apple TV is a thing right now. It sucks, but yeah. That's, I think it sucks. <laughs> Nothing that they've offered that's original content seems interesting to me. Yeah. And that's what they're banking on. Mm-hmm. Also, NBC launching their streaming service. Really? Yes. NBC? What the fuck do they have to offer? Well, here's, a, here's what they have. They have The Office. Ah. ah is, that well, changes like, everything along. It's one of the number one stream things on Netflix. Yeah, so they're going to okay. take it off of Netflix. Mm-hmm. They also have Friends, which people love Friends. Mm-hmm. I don't, but people do. Mm-hmm. Two really popular shows. Their whole library of stuff of NBC Universal. And then they're also going to have like original content and movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's getting to a point. You got HBO Max. They're going to have a thing. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a Fox. Um, it's not Fox. Um, CBS wants to do a streaming service. Mm-hmm. It can be too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be paying about the same amount you'd pay for cable. For cable, exactly. So it's like you're supposed to. The whole point of streaming is paying less money. <laughs> yeah, or cutting the cord. Or cutting the cord. Yeah, right. That's the whole that's point the, that's of the it, mantra right? that they've been saying. It's yeah. to spend less, save money. Yeah. And if you were trying to get all these different services, plus stars, <laughs> Amazon Prime, HBO Go, you know, yeah. you're going to be shelling out every month for a lot of money. Right now, the way it's going, though, I'm using people's stuff. <laughs> I've got my boss's Amazon Prime. It's got HBO on it. Uh-huh. I've got my boy's ex-girlfriend's uh, Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm dipping in debt. Uh, that's that's kind of triggering for me. So, I, I've come to, to the realization, man. I see you're out, man. You can get some more if you want. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm good. You sure? Yeah. yeah I already do a high. You're a gangster. I'm not. <laughs> so, um, I've realized that I'm the streaming guy. Hmm. So, I'm the guy who everyone... <laughs> Everyone has my login for Netflix, Disney, Hulu. When I had it, I canceled Hulu. Oh, you that dude. I'm that guy. You the sucker. And I'm, I'm letting y'all fuckers know now, man. It's, there's there's a reckoning coming. Like, one of you fuckers <laughs> going to have to pick up one of them, and we're just going to have to, like, go in as a team because, Jesus Christ. I, I, I ended up canceling Stars and HBO. Okay. Because it got to the point where I'm checking my account, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going what on? What does Stars even have other than power? They got some movies, right? But First of all, I haven't watched Power since season three. That shit. I'm so behind on Power. It's been spoiled mm-hmm. for me so many times because of these memes and everything. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I know what the sh- I know what happens in the show already. Yeah. So what's the point of me watching that long show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Power just got it got super pretentious. That's what I hear to me, and it's too trash to be pretentious, mm. to my opinion. Mm. 
But uh, hot takes. I watch. <laughs> I watch uh, American Gods. Oh, All stars. Okay. So yeah, man. I've heard good things about that. Based on the book by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, yeah, which is actually an awesome book. And what I like about the show is uh, the show upgraded the book because the book was written so long ago. So one of the gods. I'll give you a quick premise of it, man. American Gods is old gods versus new gods. Mm-hmm. Old gods is anything you've heard about in history from Jesus to Ra mm-hmm. to just just uh, yeah the God Norse gods and what, yeah and all that type of stuff. And the new gods are like technology, news media. Yeah. Like One that. thing they've done with the show is they've upgraded it. So the god of technology in the book was like a fat guy with glasses, bad acne, horrible diet, sat in his room all day. But on the show, the god of technology is this kid who vapes and ride, rides around his limo, has his hair, sl- hair slicked smart. back. That's smart. They've upgraded it, and it's really good. Plus, uh, it has uh, my guy Orlando... Orlando Bloom? One from Drumline? Oh. That, that was the instructor. Orlando. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, shit. I love this guy. I can't think oh, of his no, name. No, I don't know that. No, one. we're not doing that. I'm going to have to Google this. We're IMDb not gonna, comes later. We're not going to miss you up, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever Orlando you are. Yeah, man. Original content's the game right now. And it's what's, what's great about this with the original content game is it's more opportunity for creators than ever before. Oh, for sure. The old model used to be, okay, I'm going to create a TV show. Orlando Jones. Orlando Jones. There you go. The old model was like, I'll create a TV show. Hope it gets picked up by NBC, Fox, ABC, or NBC, Mm -hmm. um, or USA, or whatever. They get a pilot. Mm -hmm. They see how the ratings do, and they decide, okay, we'll pick it up for a season or another season or whatever. Mm -hmm. That model still exists, but it's dying Mm. because of these streaming services. Because now... Netflix has shown we're going to shell out money and pay for original content. And boy, was I one of the people trying to get on that train. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the name of the game. Yeah. And it's rewarded. Yeah. And we're seeing not just new creators, but diverse creators. People that sure. probably wouldn't have the opportunity before. We're seeing shows that you would not see on NBC or ABC or Fox or CBS. Diverse shows that tell new perspectives. There is a... Um, Show on Netflix called, let me get this right, I think it's called Seven Seconds. Okay. With Regina King. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you probably heard of it. I've heard of it. Haven't she, watched it. She should have won an award for it. Mm-hmm. Great show. Mm-hmm. It's about a, she's the mother of a son who was gunned down by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And it follows the investigation on all angles, from the police, who were corrupt, to the, the wife, of the, the, the mother of the kid who's going delusional because of all this mm-hmm. to the investigator who's trying to investigate the police department that she's in mm-hmm. and who's a black woman who feels for both sides mm-hmm. it's a heavy heavy show it's a heavy watch it sounds heavy it's super heavy it's mm-hmm. not like one of those like oh yeah babe let's sit down and watch mm-hmm. seven seconds it's it's heavy right and it would not air on any, any, any yeah, of network. the major networks yeah but and I'm so glad that Netflix had it yeah yeah you know what I mean so I'm happy that we're getting some new lanes for creators, and one of my goals is honestly to be able to get, to g- gain enough capital and money to empower black creatives and black mm. creatives of color, and just be like, hey, here's a thousand dollars, here's three thousand, ten thousand mm-hmm. to do that project. I love it. Just give me an EP credit. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's what Oprah does right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's only so many Oprahs. Yeah. Well, and so when a show like yeah. remember when Underground, the show Underground yeah. got canceled. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted Oprah to save it. 
Yeah. Because she's known to save shows, these black shows. And she said she couldn't do it because it didn't make sense for her bottom line and the audience she has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need more outlets and more black people to run. We have the power and capital to say, hey, it doesn't work for Oprah, but it works for me. Yeah. And that's someone, man, who I, I actively write screenplays. Mm. And uh, one of my, my partners, man, my best friends, uh, shout out to Deron Dixon. He's a director and cinematographer. Mm -hmm. We partner up on a lot of projects. Uh, and yeah, you have so many people who are creators now. And here's my thing. So many people are good. They're really good at Definitely. it. Um, so how do you filter that? How do you decide when there's only one Oprah, there's only one Tyler Perry, mm -hmm. there's only one Spike? Mm -hmm. How do you filter that? We do need more people with a vision like you who wants to get behind those people because there's so many different ways to tell a story. Mm -hmm. The way Issa Rae tells a story is going to be different than the way Donald Glover tells a story. is going to mm -hmm. be different than the way Spike Lee tells a story, mm -hmm. different than the way Tyler Perry. And there's, there's hundreds of Issa's, Donald's, and Tyler's out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the hardest part a is getting your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, it's funding. Yeah, like like, and it takes. I mean, money. look how long it took them. Yeah, Donald's been doing this for a while. Yes, yes, he has. I, I remember his first little videos he was making. You know, yeah. so it's been a it's been a slow, steady climb for him, mm -hmm. and he's still not all the way there. Yeah, he's still facing hurdles. You know, yeah. Which God, Atlanta is. I love Atlanta. Atlanta's. One Give us the new season. Ever. I want it. Yeah, I mean the guy's good. he's so booked and busy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a new uh, album too. Where's the Where's the new album? I think he said he's done. With but, music? Yeah, but he has so well, much. He's making. Play. He made like a few songs though. He performed for uh, Coachella and stuff. I just thought he was going to drop them at some point. Yeah, he did the summertime madness? I love summertime madness. Yeah, yeah, that that was dope. Um, and I seen when he did the the movie, the Guava Island movie. He had uh, some original music for that. Yeah, uh, which came off of that's when I thought it was going to be a new album. I'm like, yeah, you know, I get a new because <laughs> honestly, that last album he did, Awaken My Love. Yeah, it's it still holds up today. It's a great album. All of this shit does. Uh, because of the internet holds up. Yeah, Bang, uh, was it Campfire? Mm -hmm. Campfire holds up. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the stuff he did with like those uh, those viral comedy rappers, Shy Glizzy, yeah. was it uh, Fl Flossy? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Turquoise Jeep. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Turquoise Jeep, man. They're they're legends where I'm from, mm -hmm. man. <laughs> Let me smang it. And how do you like your eggs fried or fertilized? <laughs> Classic. Those guys are great, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, we. So I, the reason I like Donald so much, man, is is he's kind of he's this renaissance man, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does so much. But I feel like in 2019, that's so common. We just don't have the spotlight on a lot of people who could do all of those yeah. things. Yeah, But there are a lot of people, man, and I don't know if you uh, listened to my last episode. So I had two hip hop, two Chicago artists on here my last episode, and that's what I was telling them was Chicago alone has one of if one of if not the biggest talent pool mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Like there are so many people here that are just naturally gifted in so many areas. Just need someone to connect it. Need someone to connect it. I'm working on that. Hey, okay, all right. <laughs> Preview. <laughs> That's a tease. <laughs> all right, yeah. It's a lot of talent. It's needed, man, but it's needed so many places, man. You know, um I come from the South, man, and Atlanta is one of those areas where Atlanta has that. You know what I mean? But I feel like there's so many areas of the country that does not have it, but they have the talent pool. It's just, A, people don't know how. 
B, there's the crabs in the barrel mentality mm-hmm. where people feel like if if someone else trying to get it, they trying to get mine. Mm. And uh, we got to get away from that, man. The, uni- sure the unification is what's going to solve everything. 100%. I definitely agree. Definitely. Yeah. So I love it, man. So, uh, yeah. What else you got for me? <laughs> I see that. Uh, so we were talking about Disney+. Plus. Um, I see that. I kind of thought once Disney came out, they were going to get Netflix the fuck out of here. I'm going to be real with you. It's not happening. I seen Netflix swung back, mm-hmm. and they just signed a partnership with Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you owe nostalgia? We give you nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, okay. And watch Cartoon Network get in the game. Oh, boy. If Netflix gets Cartoon oh, Network. Oh, man. I didn't Ooh, even think about Cartoon Network. Get ready for that, because Ed, Ed, and Eddie... Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Powerpuff Girls. I mean, I can go on all day with Cartoon Network. Tsunami, all Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Samurai Jack, Inuyasha. Yeah, come on now. (laughs) They can get Cartoon Network and Tsunami. Yeah, because at first I thought it was gonna switch over to Disney and chill, man. But uh, I don't know, man. Netflix seems like they got <laughs> like they got a few cars that they sleep. Netflix, they tell it, they Netflix tell the Disney they got them around. fucked up. They're gonna stick around, and they're gonna have to try to find a way to do that. Because when the office is off of there, you'd be surprised how the office. Oh really, no! I already know. Really helps so, Netflix because that's all I watch on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I have several friends. I was just about to say that, man. Uh, <laughs> You know, all, that could be the reason why I have Netflix because the office is on there. Yeah, shout out to uh, my homegirl Aisha, man. She, uh, I seen her post uh, may have been like a month or two ago, but she was talking about like, hey man, I need some streaming suggestions because there's only so many times I can replay The Office. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of people who go back to The Office every single time. And it's like, the default. Yeah. That and, is and, my go to bed yeah. thing to watch. That's my... I'm bored. Let me watch something. Yeah, to watch. It's it's just it's there. There's there's a few shows like that, man. So I feel like The Office is one of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like Family Guy. Yeah, is on that list. Parks and like Rec is good for that. Parks and Rec, Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, you know something I've been watching. What's that? And I feel bad for watching. It's on Amazon Prime. The Cosby Show. Really? Mm-hmm. Wasn't a fan. Wait, I, wait, I, whoa, I am, whoa, whoa. I am one whoa, of the few black whoa, people that whoa. was never a fan of the Cosby show. Wait a sec. Yeah. Why? Wasn't my reality. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But it didn't make you like aspire to that reality? Mm-mm. Interesting. Mm. I felt more that's connected. Interesting. I felt more connected with uh, Good Times. Fresh Prince Martin. Good Times. Fresh Prince. Uh yeah, I did not feel a connection with Cosby Show. It, mm. it felt so far left for me. Mm. Uh, and, and you know that's not their fault. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's just it just means their strategy didn't work for you. No, so I know Cosby's strategy with it was to give black people a a view of black a, a, a reflection of black people on TV that had never been seen before. You know what did that for me? Uh, different world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those, those shows like that did it for me. For, but for spin off of reason, the Cosby Show. Yeah, that was a spinoff of the Cosby mm-hmm. Show, and a different world is great. It is awesome. Uh, but yeah, the Cosby Show, like the the, the two, what Doctor Lawyer, Doctor Doctor. I, I didn't watch it enough to know. I feel that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I, it, it wasn't my reality. I came mm-hmm. from a working class home, even though my father was a music producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's a good that's a good perspective though, because I'm sure you're not the only person that feels yeah. that way either. 
And I think me and you come from a similar background. It's funny how two people can like see the same thing and see something different. Yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? It just shows that black people are not a monolith, right? It just yeah. further shows that. Like we all are very different in how we can read things, perceive things, and how we experience life. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something to be celebrated, honestly. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. And it's also the, the delivery, right? So I've always yeah. connected with things that are more brash. Totally. You know what I mean? So um, I drew closer to Eddie Murphy than I did Cosby. Mm-hmm. Just because Eddie Murphy in my opinion. Oh, Eddie Murphy was hilarious. <laughs> Richard Pryor didn't give a fuck. So I was like, naturally, yeah. I watched those Dave Chappelle, guys. they're all on that legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chappelle Show's another one that you can watch anytime. Yeah. <laughs> love Chappelle Show. Love Chappelle Show. Yeah. I love Chappelle. But, um... I mean, the Chappelle Netflix deal is solid. It is. Those stand-ups well, are well, awesome. So, is it just stand-ups that mm-hmm. he has going on with Netflix? Stand-up specials, yeah. So, I thought the, the Eddie Murphy thing was just Netflix, but then I went to Amazon Prime recently and I saw Dolomite on Amazon. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Really? So I thought it was a I Netflix I thought Dolomite exclusive. was just a Netflix thing. I thought so too. But then I, I like I said, I saw that and I also Netflix heard... is maybe, hmm, I wonder if, Net, so I know Netflix owns the rights to it. I wonder so if they Netflix can probably could sell distributed it. it out uh, the rights. Yeah. Because yeah. they did play it in theaters for people too. I was just about to just say Just like that. The Irishman, yeah. which is a Netflix thing too. Mm-hmm. And Netflix is getting more into like, we're going to be a distributor. Makes sense. They got to make money because they've been giving a lot of that shit out, man. Jeez you see their, you see their, 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 their reports of their financial reports. You're like, damn, they broke, <laughs> and they still running it up. They be like, yeah, you yeah. know what? It's fine. Fuck it. We, Put it on the credit. We are all in. We got a large credit line. They are all we'll, the way in. We good for it. It's like, I'm worried about y'all over there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, like. I fuck with Netflix so hard. They're fighting the battle. Too. Even though I haven't paid my bill recently. Netflix, I'm going to pay it, man, because I was on the council, you guys. I, I support can. them 100% because can. of what they've done for creators. For sure. You know, not everyone's, like, late to the game and trying to do the same thing, but, like, mm. Netflix was the engine. Like, here's the alternative lane, mm-hmm. the untraditional lane mm-hmm. to get your stuff. You got a good idea? We'll take it. Mm-hmm. People watch it. We're going to keep it. Yeah. If they don't, all right. We'll still probably it'll still be there, mm-hmm. and you'll still make money from it. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to make more seasons of it. Yeah. Either way, it's an engine for you, and it's a better thing for you than just like here's a pilot we're going to put on NBC, and no one watched it. So mm-hmm. nope, <laughs> way different approach. Mm-hmm. Different. It just changed the game. So all the respect to them, the respect for the culture. They got. I got. I know people that work in Netflix. Black people that work in Netflix that are on the forefront of making sure these people are getting an opportunity. And so I'm always going to just like be a, a, a team Netflix fan. Yeah, yeah. Until they do something problematic. For now, mm-hmm. I'm a team Netflix fan. For what they and they've been all for the people, man. So mm-hmm. I, I can't even argue with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, with your reporting, yeah. What is some of your best interviews? That you've that you've conducted because I, I looked at your page, man, and like my like my goal was to come in here and to be kind of on top of everything you've done, mm-hmm. and you've done a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna narrow it down a little bit, man, and, and say like, what is what are some of uh, the best interviews you've conducted, the best people you've you've interviewed or uh, done reporting on hmm. in any aspect? That's tough. There's so many. Mm. It's good people. I love talking to good people. 
think the first thing you want to do is mention a celebrity you talk to, and there's like great celebrities and mm-hmm. notable people I've talked to. But honestly, the best interviews I've had have been people who are just doing good for the community. Mm. There was a woman. So I worked in South Bend, Indiana, and I covered the Southwest Michigan area. Okay. There's a place in Southwest Michigan, you may have heard of it, maybe not. It's called Benton Harbor, Michigan. I had a, um, I, I coached collegiate basketball for a season, and one of my players from Benton Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a community that's always fighting. It's got a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the history of Benton Harbor is that Benton Harbor is mostly black. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been economically depressed. Mm-hmm. And right across the bridge is St. Joseph, mm-hmm. which is very white and affluent. And the tourist attraction where everybody goes for the lake houses and the beach. Mm-hmm. And a bridge away is Menton Harbor. And no one just, no, it just, it just talks aside. Mm-hmm. But there are good people in Benton Harbor. Yeah. Good people in every community trying to make that community better. Mm-hmm. So I started this thing called Boosting Benton Harbor. Or okay. every week I highlighted somebody trying to make Benton Harbor a better place. Mm-hmm. To highlight that there's more things going on here than a shooting or a robbery or them losing money mm-hmm. or the bad roads or whatever. There's mm-hmm. other stuff happening. Mm-hmm. There's a woman I talked to. Amazing lady. I need to, I need to, I need to contact her soon. Um... She does a community garden. Okay. She's got a degree in uh, botany mm-hmm. and, you know, herbs and things like that. And she puts that to use to teach kids how to garden, mm-hmm. grow their own food. She brings in chefs from local restaurants to teach them how to cook food. Mm. And um, through that, she's empowering the community around her. She's also got these community gardens set up in these neighborhoods that traditionally have been the hood or whatever you want to call it yeah. to beautify the area. And she personally goes and plants flowers throughout the neighborhood mm-hmm. with her own money, her own plants. She got pushed back from the city at first, but then now the city partnered with her and they let her do it. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've now given her money to do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, like, she's just one of those people that has found a way to make an impact Mm. on the youth and on the entire community. Mm. And now there's other communities in Michigan that are adopting her model. Mm -hmm. And it all started in Benton Harbor. That's awesome. This woman took it it upon herself to say, listen, I'm going to do something with what I know, my Mm. skills. It's not fancy. It's not flashy. I'm going to do what I got to do. You know, I, I hear stories like that, man, and, and it, it just fucking warms me up inside. Because, mm-hmm. like, I am I am that guy that I fucking hate people sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. So you need to hear shit like this. Like, here's a here's a lady lit where it's working out for her now. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that when she started this, she had nothing to gain. Yeah. She sounds like she wasn't doing it for the publicity. Right. Sounds like she wasn't doing it for the money. It's just something that... Like there are some really some good people out there, man, who who don't have an agenda. Hundred percent. When trying to do something, yo, you fucks out there, listen to this shit. Like all of you social media clout chasers, man. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, man, 
instead of trying to be what you think people want you to be or trying to do what you think is going to make you cool or popular, yo, find a fucking passion. Chase mm-hmm. it. I know too many clout chasers, man. Like, that's that's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, and the Which fact awesome. that the, the city and now the state is getting behind her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really amazing. Yeah, she's she's great. So th- those are the stories that stick out to me, mm-hmm. and also store the interviews. I mean, but it's I'm all about the stories, and and stories aren't always flashy. I've interviewed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I talked to NBA players and celebrities and rappers and all type of stuff, and none of that to me is what I consider the highlights of my career. Okay, what sticks with me, good and bad are the people, everyday people, mm-hmm. doing amazing things or just like expressing things. Um, Benton Harbor, same community, had a terrible, terrible morning where I had to cover some drunk person drove through this apartment complex area and ran over a three-year-old. Jesus. It's a black apartment complex area. The driver was white. Mm. And... Uh, it's just tough to talk about. Because, um, obviously, everybody there was just shaken by it. Mm-hmm. They all knew this little this little kid. Mm-hmm. Three years old. Little boy. Mm-hmm. Lost his life. Mm-hmm. In an instant. On his tricycle. Mm-hmm. You don't expect someone to be speeding by yeah. going 70, 80 miles per hour at this apartment complex. Yeah. And keep driving. Mm-hmm. They didn't stop. They kept driving. It's a hit and run. It's a hit and run. On a, oh, Jesus. Exactly. We were the only station. I was the only reporter that stayed there the entire time. Mm-hmm. Reported live from there. And a lady stopped me and said, hey, I just want you to know, I, we really appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. And um, appreciate you showing that we matter, mm-hmm. and that somebody that, that somebody cares about us, mm-hmm. and that meant a lot to me. This is a community that felt like they've been pushed, you know, into a corner, yeah, into like the the a project or a ghetto or whatever you want to call it, yeah, subdivision, whatever, mm-hmm. and that the city itself and the police officers and everything just didn't care, yeah. But here I was part of the traditional institutions, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Showing that I do. Yeah. To me, it was just my job. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is to the people. Mm-hmm. And specifically, that's how I always see it. It's going to be controversial, but it's to my people mm-hmm. and my people first. For sure. Because this institution, media, has done our people a disservice time and time again. For sure. So... I see me being in it as, you know, I got to change the system from within mm-hmm. and do my part to fix that. Yeah. It's second nature to me. So, you know, th- that's that's the stuff that always sticks with me and the, the stories that matter to me. Um, not the flashy stuff. The yeah. flashy stuff is fun. Yeah, for sure. It looks cool on social media. Well, it's great on social likes. media. <laughs> some likes. Yeah. Get you some, you know, the the clout, as they call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not, I'm not worried about, I'm worried about impact. And impact is where, where it matters. So what do you think, uh, as far as, you know, you mentioned Benton Harbor and mm-hmm. the disenfranchised community. We all know that elections have come up. Um, 
we know that the presidential election is next year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you feel is the connection, man? Like maybe for some of our listeners who feel like, you know, what's the point of voting? You know what I'm saying? When you, when you think of people who feel like they don't have a voice, they don't have a face. Um, just in your field, I'm assuming you've, you've covered politics to some extent or had some work with uh, politics, politicians. A lot. <laughs> done three Trump rallies. Really? Couple, Trump rallies? Yeah. Okay. Every what was 20, that like? Every 2016 heavily. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I have a small connection to that, but I have to tell you that off air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've covered a lot of that. Um, it's quite a time we're in. Mm-hmm. Where racism and bigotry from the top of the White House are shrugged off now as just the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Used to be that, I'm not saying that the government's ever been fair to black people or that there hasn't been racism from the top, mm-hmm. but for it to be so blatant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's blatant as fuck. Exactly. It's just... It's it's almost like... It's, 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 it's almost like taunting mm-hmm. at this point exactly. like 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 what are you gonna do about it what do you <laughs> it feels like that and the yeah. thing about it is it's like i wonder if we have the i i question whether we as a society have the power or the i guess the the sensibility to come together mm-hmm. and do that I don't think we're ready for that. Mm. I see what's happening. I see what happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. Lots of factors that happened in 2016. See, it's, it's hard. Everyone wants to like say, well, how did this happen? There's so many reasons why it happened. And I don't think it was just one thing. Okay? Yeah. I, don't, I think there, it was multiple factors. I think it was two historically unpopular candidates. Mm-hmm. I think it was racism. Sexism. Rejecting to a woman president, but it was also flaws on her campaign. It was also uh, flaws within people. Yes, flaws of people being too picky, mm-hmm. getting into tribes, um, and things like that. And, I, and my concern is that we're doing the same thing, and that po- social media and our internet culture has changed the way politics go. Okay. We're getting more into our own insular camps mm-hmm. and not able to come together for a unified cause anymore. Yeah. That's my concern. So my feeling, being in the media and just seeing things from the outside perspective, mm-hmm. is that the forces that need to take this president out of office are not at all unified enough mm-hmm. to do it. Mm. Whereas his side... Has all they need, for sure. They're they're unified. Mm-hmm. Republicans fall in line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They differ mm-hmm. opinion wise with Trump, but they fall in line because mm-hmm. they understand there's one goal and one agenda. Mm-hmm. Whether we agree with it or not, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Our side, we get into very important things, but like things that we really don't need to trivialize over. Yeah, healthcare debates. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who is more progressive? (laughs) (laughs) You know, who takes corporate money more? Mm -hmm. And we just disqualify candidates on that and this and this and that. We get into these tribes and then my candidate's more pure than yours. None of these candidates are pure. It's become a reality show. It's a reality show. And and we just got to like, we got to find a way to unify Part of that's on the candidate itself mm-hmm. to bring that unison, but other part of it's just on us. So know? I have some strong opinions about that. So for one, I feel like the system as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. All right, not to paint myself as that guy. Let me explain. <laughs> um, I feel like the political system as a whole is extremely archaic. Like, um, I know that if, if any of my listeners listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, it's something that he has expressed and I couldn't agree more is like, why are we running a popularity contest for one person to run this nation mm-hmm. in 2019 for something that was signed in what, 1776? Um, it's 2019. And I feel that one person, as opposed to a committee making decisions on the behalf of... I mean, how many people are in the U.S. right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, one person essentially controlling that is 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 archaic and it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's too far for agendas. You know, like like we spoke of earlier, you turn on these news outlets and you hear what's going on in the Trump office. Mm-hmm. And to be real with you, I couldn't give a fuck less <laughs> because he's a he's a man. Mm-hmm. He's a billionaire entrepreneur who made it to an extremely high level who's so far disconnected from reality. I don't give a fuck if he gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got shit to, other shit to worry about. Um, now, if there is a committee that represents all walks of life and at the same time are qualified and delegated task on behalf of the people in certain areas, I feel like that's much more suitable. Mm-hmm. But that's a large fight. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to be fixed within the next 200 years. Right. Let's be realistic. <laughs> um, the second part of that, I feel, is what I said with my own opinions. Uh, Apple Watch, I don't give a fuck about standing right now. Um, it's... Okay. Sure. Um, I do feel that... Um, so many people are, are worried about their world. And I feel that so far disconnected from our world in totally. general. Totally. Yeah, I think it's just, it's, um, there's a disconnect. I think part of the disconnect, at least on, really on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think part of the dis- disconnect is I think people don't understand what governing is. And part of what governing is is what Barack Obama did. Mm-hmm. Seeking compromise, mm-hmm. working on both sides of the aisle, not getting everything you want, mm-hmm. but getting what you need. For sure. Um, people nowadays don't even want to hear the word compromise on both sides. Mm-hmm. They want what they want, want to ram it through. Mm-hmm. And that's um, dangerous. Hmm. It's not a good way to live at all. Mm-hmm. Life's never going to work out for you where you're going to get every single thing you want. For sure. Um, 
and seeking purity in a candidate, I think, is a terrible way to look at a candidate because none of them are pure. Mm-hmm. Not one person on this earth is yeah, pure. Sure. Yeah. If I ever run for office, <laughs> I joke all the time that I might run for office one day. If I ever do, people are going to find something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And someone's not going to like it. Mm-hmm. There's, you, can, you can take a microscope on anybody's life and find something you're not going to like. Yeah. But you got to look at the bigger picture and what governing is about. And so that's, I don't know if we have enough people that do that. I also fear, though, that people underestimate the moment mm-hmm. and who in this moment is the loudest. Sometimes the loudest voices are the ones that are dictating where we should go. Unfortunately. Right now, <laughs> unfortunately. But, some, but right now, it looks like the loudest voices are the far right mm-hmm. and the far left. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people want to move to the middle. Who knows? This might be one of those political moments in 2020 where you might need to just go all in. Yeah. Go all left. People are scared of Sanders and Warren. Maybe this is one of those times, those unprecedented times in history where you just have to go and say, hey, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) And people will course correct and go with whatever side they want. Mm -hmm. But playing safe Playing down the middle, I think that's what happened in 2016. For sure. And it didn't work. Yeah. And I think this time, it might be a mistake to do the same exact thing. Because I don't think anybody's really going for that. Yeah. So, we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see, see, man. Well, all right, man. I know you got to take off. Um, Man, how can the people reach you? How can the people find you? Where can they see you? Give all your social (laughs) media. just everything, man. Man, shout it out. It's it's at TV on everything. B-P-O-P-E-TV. Instagram, Twitter. You can watch me on The Jam on WCIU and CW26. Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. in the morning. I know it's early, but (laughs) there. And, uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Love to talk to you guys. And, uh... Love talking to you, man. It's been great. All right. It has been awesome, man. Thanks again for stopping by. I know you have a very busy schedule, so I appreciate it. I'm sure my listeners appreciate it as well. Hey, I appreciate you, man. All right, you fuckers. Y'all take care, man. (laughs) You enjoyed it.